everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Melanade Scenes podcast. I'm Tiara, and I'm here to give it to you straight up, raw, no filter. Welcome to today's Melanated discussion. As a part of the Melanated Professional Series, we will be talking with Shamira to learn about her career, how she got there, and how you too can be a powerful melanated professional like her. So thank you, Shamira, for being here and taking time out of your day. Are you ready to enlighten the community on what you do? I am. I'm excited. Awesome. So first and foremost, what is your job title? I am a learning coordinator. And what does that mean for people who have no idea what, <laughs> what a learning coordinator is? <laughs> well, I get that a lot. I, I get that a lot. So basically my primary function, um, right now I'm at a customer fulfillment center. Okay. Um, I actually started at a delivery station. I helped launch uh, DVM2, which is a carnival site delivery station in Birmingham, Alabama. And for those who don't know what a carnival site is, that's basically uh, a site that's a big tent and some trailers. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's what that site is. So it's basically web getting business up and running quick, fast, in a hurry um, while they look for a permanent location. So I helped launch that site about two years ago as their learning coordinator. Uh, so initially, um, and there's different levels. So I came in as an L3. Um, and as an L3, my function was basically to go ahead to, to train all the new hires that came in and continue to train, do um, ongoing training. Uh, I also would fill in whenever we had managers that were off-site. Off um, I was HR, I was safety, uh, I was loss prevention. <laughs> so I wore many hats <laughs> at the delivery station level. Um, at one point, I was interim shift manager. So <laughs> it's basically, I was a catch-all at the delivery station. Um, I got promoted uh, this past April to an L4 um, center. Uh, so there, I'm more in the administrative role. I'm more of a supervisor, administrative role. So I have trainers up under me who do the training for me. So I oversee training at the fulfillment center. And I watch metrics and make sure that we are tracking and our site is performing as it should be on a training level. Okay. So would you say as a learning coordinator, um, this is a career field where you would have to have a degree? Um, and if so, like what did you study in school? Well, for the L3 level, you do not, um, it's not required to have a degree. Um, however, I actually have three degrees. So uh, I currently, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in early childhood studies, and I recently finished my education specialist degree this past February. Nice. So thank you. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a career student. I love to learn. I love to teach and whatnot. So initially you do not have to have a degree. Uh, coming as an L3, however it is preferred. Uh, I would recommend anybody who's interested in becoming a learning coordinator, they should have some type of background in training and or teaching okay. uh, to be successful in this particular position. Shamira, before becoming a learning coordinator here, uh, what did you do prior to that? Was it always in the learning field? Primarily, yes. But ironically, I, I had left the learning field um, and was at Social Security before I came to Amazon. Mm -hmm. So I was a customer service rep uh, on the telephones at Social Security Administration uh, in downtown Birmingham. So I was that person you would call and be like, I need to file a claim and I didn't get yeah. my check on the first. <laughs> I was that person. 
Uh, that sounds like a job where people calling in mad if they didn't get their check. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so after yeah, college, after college, Shamir, how easy was it to get a job in this field? Or did you not go directly into a learning type of job once you were finished with college and getting all these degrees? I didn't actually. My first degree is in psychology. Mm-hmm. So initially my mindset was I'm going to go into counseling. Uh, but during the course of getting that degree, I discovered I, discovered I don't like statistics. So <laughs> I said, I don't know if I want to stay in this field. <laughs> so I, yes. kind of fell, I fell into learning. Um, I wasn't able to get a, a decent job with just a bachelor's in psychology. And at the time, I, you know, I just left my ex-husband. I had two small kids and I'm like, I got to get some type of income coming in. Right. So basically, I ended up working at a daycare center where I could bring my kids with me and get a discounted rate. And that's how I got into the whole learning field. And once I got around those kids, I just, I fell in love with it. Nice. So did you ever, uh, were you ever a school teacher or anything like that? Never in the public school system, but I have taught ages from infants to adults um, at, at, in church groups. I've taught, um, I worked with Barbazon USA for a little while where I taught girls between the ages of eight and 18, personal development and modeling skills. Um, and in preschool, I've taught everything from infants through five years old and, and so forth. And I actually, at one point was working for child care resources and I taught the teachers who teach the babies in the child mm-hmm. care centers. Oh, nice. So mm-hmm. you're just a natural born teacher in general. It sounds like it just comes easy to you. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it does. I, I really love it. It's a passion of mine. So, yeah. Nice. So, Shamira, if someone watched this video and they're like, okay, I like the stuff that she's explaining. I think that's something that I'm also interested in doing. What type of job should they be looking for? Like, what are some key words that would be on a job posting that they know um, coincides with being a, le- a learning coordinator? Would it say learning coordinator? Or are there other terminology for such a role? This one does actually say learning coordinator. Um, okay. But like I said, key things would be uh, teaching and training. Those are the, the primary two things is teaching and training uh, because you're going to be doing that a lot. Uh, so if you don't like public speaking um, and if you don't like uh, planning or, or if you're not organized, that's also key. You must be organized and people friendly and a public, a good at public speaking and whatnot. If those are not your forte, then this problem be good for you. Okay, so once on the job, what when you're not wearing a thousand hats <laughs> at, the, at your facility, once on the job, what does a learning coordinator role look like? What does the day-to-day look like? All right, so currently um, my day when I come in, I'm actually not scheduled to start till 7 a.m. However, my trainers come in at 7 a.m. also. So I've gotten in the habit, I come in an hour before they do. So I come in an hour before they do, so I can go through all my emails. I check reports to see where we are with um, various trainings, measures that we're measuring right now, um, see what kind of tasks that we have on the agenda for the day, and then we have a learning communications board. So on that board, once I've gone through my emails, I've checked all my chimes, um, I'm actually putting all my trainings, I'm assigning tasks to them to complete for that day. Uh, So they come into the morning, they go straight to that board, they see what I've got scheduled for them, and then we may have like a little powwow in the morning or whatnot to go over some things. And then I basically let them go. Um, we'll sync up again. 
approximately about 11 a.m. and then again around 2.30-ish uh, p.m. because I get off at 3.30. Uh, of course, I, I seldom ever leave exactly at 3.30. It's the, so, <laughs> but that's what I'm scheduled to get off. So yeah. I think up with them, you know, at least two times after that to make sure we're tracking, see what any type of barriers we've got going on. Um, Throughout the day, because again, we are at a customer fulfillment center, we have shift managers that are chiming uh, myself as well as my trainers if they've lost permissions because they have to have, we have to grant them permissions to be able to do their job. And so basically, if they were not trained properly, what happens is they'll have temporarily, temporary access to do their job, but if the permissions or the training was not recorded correctly, within three days, that falls off. So tracking reports to make sure everybody's got all their necessary training modules uh, that are training recorded so that doesn't happen and getting on conference calls. I'm on several conference calls throughout the day with regional uh, learning managers as well uh, to make sure that we are all tracking on one accord at our site. Okay. And so what type of trainings are you uh, like assigning to people? Like, did you write the curriculum for these trainings or are you just making sure people are compliant with our company's rules or what type of trainings are these? So all the trainings that I'm overseeing are trainings that were uh, handed down to us from the network. So we're just making sure that our site is compliant with these trainings. Uh, so for example, recently we got uh, a network uh, training came down for snow water spider training. So previously we didn't have any training for anybody that was working in that indirect role as a water spider. So now they've gone ahead and created one. So I have to make sure that all of our water spiders on site are getting that training by November 25th is our deadline at our site to get compliant with that. Then we have uh, hazmat training. Everybody on site has to have hazmat training. Uh, code of conduct training, uh, we're, ma we're mandating right now. We've got the, anybody who's on the ship dock has to have a new uh, Silas go-kart training. And then we have a step stool training because apparently there was an incident recently across the network where somebody got injured um, using a, uh, uh, incorrect step stool or whatnot so of mm. course new training came down because of that right so yeah everything that we get is mandated through the network um i would like to get to that point where i'm actually part of that committee or that group that's creating the training so yeah that is that's what i foresee is my next step okay cool so what would you say are some things that you like the most about your job and some of the things you like the least or present the most challenges for you at work well i would say that the things like the least yeah interacting with the area managers and the reason why is that being, but well see the reason being is because our objectives are they should be the same but a lot of times they're different and i say that because so my objective is to make sure everybody's on is on site is compliant with their training because ultimately if you have associates that are trained properly, then they can do their job properly, which in turn should help the area managers meet their metrics because you've got highly trained associates. Right. However, on the area managers level, they're more concerned about instant results. And when you're training people, you don't always get that. And so we have instances where I have my ambassadors are on the floor training new a group of associates or whatnot, and the manager is more concerned about get them on the station as quickly as possible. So we're half-stepping. So right. that's where we, we tend to like, okay, wait a minute, time out. We, we, you know, we need to regroup. So that's the issue that I have with them. Um, 
But things that I like about it, um, for me per, per se, I love my schedule, first of all. <laughs> so that's a big plus for me because I'm a single mom. So I'm off by 3.30 usually, and I can get home still spend time with my kids. Yeah. You know, so that's a big plus for me. Uh, but just the fact that I'm still in charge of, of teaching and training and I have an, you know, I play a role in that. Because like I said, that's my passion. I love educating people. I love to be educated. Um, and I like to share that knowledge with others because I want to see others grow and develop. And I like to be a part of that. So that's what I love about it. Um, when I'm in a class, matter of fact, when I was doing my interview, I told my interviewers, I said, if you come to one of my classes, you're not going to sleep because I'm going to get you up. We're going to be engaged. It's, you know, <laughs> we're going to have fun, but it's going to be, you know, you're going to learn a lot, but we're going to have fun at the same time because that's one of my pet peeves. I don't want anybody to fall asleep in my class. It also sounds like you're um, somewhat of a, a project manager too, because you are tracking uh, deadlines to make sure people are doing so by certain deadlines. Uh, yeah, yes. so. Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. I'm, I'm tracking that daily, touching base on my trends. Hey, where are we with this? Are right. we going to meet this deadline by this date and so forth? So yeah, you're right. I am. So, Shamir, would you say there are growth opportunities within such a role, um, or would someone need to pivot and do something else after a certain amount of time? And if there are areas to branch off into, what would you say are like um, some roles that kind of naturally someone would branch off into if they were a learning coordinator and they kind of want to switch it up? Well, I'm actually in the process of exploring those right now. Um, actually, what after talking to my manager, actually, what I discovered is in order for me to advance the next step for me would actually be to leave learning for a while um, and go into an area manager role. So I'd be over one of the different um, departments within the uh, customer fulfillment center. And then after I gained that experience, I could come back to learning was the, uh, the instructions that I was given. So my learning area manager and learning operations manager are both behind pushing me to go apply for area manager positions. They feel that I'll be a great candidate and so forth. But the only hang up for me, like I said, I'm a single mom and the hours just don't work for me for right now. So uh, I currently work five eights. As an area manager, I'd have to work four tens, 10 twelves, basically, because they never do this 10. It's usually like right. 12. Um, and so that's not convenient for me right now. So. I may uh, try to branch outside of the customer fulfillment center. Um, like I said, I am interested in going into instructional design. Mm -hmm. so, I, so I have gone ahead and um, contacted mentors. So I'm currently working with them and I've been added to some chime groups. So I can try to go ahead and build my skills in that area and, and uh, be on the lookout for some additional positions in that way. In those design positions, what would you be doing? I would be creating the coursework. Oh, so, nice. Yes, so like the KNETs, right? I'd be a part of that aspect of it. So I'm excited about that. I do have some experience doing that in my um, degree coursework. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to maybe venture off into that some more. That sounds cool. It sounds like it'd be right up your alley, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. Well, I hope it goes through. I think you'll be Thank really you. good in a position like that. Thank you. So, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. What are some challenges you faced in this learning coordinator role or in any role where you were like teaching that you feel like that, you know, had nothing to do with like 
your ability to do the job or your knowledge level and everything to do with you being a black woman. Like, can you share an experience or two that had to do everything with you being a woman or a woman of color? And how did you navigate that type of situation? How do you navigate those spaces when those things come up? Well, I honestly, at my current, at my experience thus far, knock on wood, I have not run into that, honestly. And I think, I think it may have a lot to do with how I carry myself as well. Um, and, and also probably because I'm, a, I'm an army veteran also. Mm. So there's a certain way that I carry myself and I handle myself when I'm in the room or whatnot. So I don't really get questioned. And I think also when I started out at the delivery station, I was the only learning team member they had. So they couldn't question me. I was it. Right. You know, so, so I had that luxury there at the delivery station, you know? Um, so that, that was it. It was like, okay, what I, this is what we have going on. And, and that's just how it's got to be. Um, at the fulfillment center, I actually have a team. So I have my trainers up under me and then we have ambassadors up under the trainers, but I'm just, I've been put in a position of leadership at the fulfillment center. So again, I, I really don't have that issue. I have two managers above me. I have my learning area manager, my learning ops manager, both. Both of them are of the Caucasian persuasion and basically leads me to do, do things how I do it. He comes in, he checks with me, he says, hey, you, got, you need anything? Are you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He goes to the office. I rarely see him throughout the day. He may try okay. to ask some questions, but I pretty much run the ship. Good. You're not being micromanaged. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause I'm like that way too. I'm that type of manager as well. I don't want to micromanage anybody else. It's like, I feel like we're all grown. These are your tasks. Mm-hmm. If you've got questions, let me know. But I don't want to stay over your shoulder, you know, checking up on Right. Me. Exactly. So how mm-hmm. long have you been in the learning field? How many years has it been? Well, within the entire time. I'm, and I actually just hit two years. Okay. Last month. Um, but in the learning field, probably close to 15 years now. Wow. Yeah. I just, I really, I love it. I love teaching and engaging with people. So even when I was at social security, I was actually still um, freelancing at childcare resource. So I left childcare resources to go social security because there was more money there, but childcare resources still had me freelancing part-time while I was at social security. So I was still teaching. So I was still able to scratch that itch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shamira, what would you say is the earning potential in the learning coordinator role? Of course, don't share your pay, but what have you seen to be maybe like entry level the first three to five years versus once you're kind of tenured and you know what you're doing, like you? What would you say the average is? Well, I would definitely say this is where a degree comes into play. Because although you're not required to have a degree to come in as an L3 learning coordinator, it does benefit you in, in regards to your pay. Because um, mm. I've seen some come in starting out at maybe 18. Yeah. Um, others came in starting in, in at maybe uh, $23 an hour. So you got $18 an hour, $23 an hour. So that, that's a bit of a gap there, depending on your educational level. So right. there's, there's definitely some, some, some room to grow. Um, but then I've also seen it you know, as far as annually, close to 60. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
So any tips you would give a younger you, like something that you know you would have benefited from in the learning space if someone had just given you the information? Oh my goodness. The first thing would be, um, you're a teacher. You don't think you, you might not think of it now, but yeah, you are a teacher. So I need you to go ahead and stay in school and pursue that first. Uh, Cause for me, I actually did my freshman year college, left enlisted into the military, got married, had kids. So it actually took me about 10 years to finish my first degree. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and then I went back to school and got my master's and my education specialist degree. So I would definitely tell a younger me to stay in school, finish that first degree first, um, and, and let, tell myself, you're a teacher. <laughs> because I, I ventured off into other things that I thought I wanted to do, but that that's me through and through. Um, my dad was a teacher. My granddaddy was a teacher. It's, it's, it's in my DNA. Okay. And one last question for you. Do you have any tips you would give another melanated woman? Like, so maybe someone who's in college right now will watch this, or maybe a woman who's, I don't know, in her 30s, 40s, and she's ready to make a career change. What are some things that she can do to come in the door and kill it from day one? Like, if you saw an entry-level person come in to work tomorrow, since today is Sunday, <laughs> what would they have to do to make you be like, wow, that person is going to go far? You know what? In a learning coordinator position, I'm, I'm looking for that energy. I need somebody to be able to take, take charge of a room because you're going to have those people that come in there and they're being rude and disrespectful. They're on their cell phones, not paying any attention to you. You've got to be able to take control of the room. You've got to be organized. Okay. Um, you've got to have a desire to teach because you have trainers in there and they have that monotone, you know, voice throughout. And people are not going to be as receptive to that. It goes in one ear and out the other ear. Right. You know, um, and continue to learn, continue to learn yourself. Don't get in a position where you feel like, oh, I've been doing this for X amount of years. I have nothing else to learn. That's not true. There's always something to learn and things are always constantly changing. So don't stop learning. That would be number one. I agree. So Shamir, before we close this out, I want to share this for whoever is watching. Um, I don't know if you know who Lisa Nichols is. I was watching her stuff when I was doing research on what kind of questions should I ask uh, regarding careers, how to choose a career. And she said that anybody who is looking to choose a career or change careers should ask themselves these three questions. And if they can answer them, then they're ready to go and they should just, you know, take the leap of faith. And so she said that so okay. people, yeah, she said, people should always ask themselves, what am I good at? Because a lot of people overlook things that they're naturally talented with, like you, you're a natural teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they overlook it because they don't see it as something as like a job that they can do or make money from when actually mm -hmm. some natural born talents will make you more money than, you know, going and getting a bunch of degrees or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, she said, the second question you should ask yourself is what do people tell me I'm good at? Because there might be things other people see in you that you may not necessarily see in yourselves. And if you can ask maybe a handful of your friends what they think you're good at and then cross-reference and see if there's something that sticks out there, then you should pay more attention to that one thing because clearly people are seeing something in you that you're just kind of disregarding. Right. Yeah. And the third question she said you should ask yourself is what's holding me back? And if you oh can answer goodness. what's holding you back, 
then you will be in a good place because it once you address it, it can, it can no longer hold you back. And I yeah. think these questions, I think they're actually are really good questions. I didn't even think about that before I was watching her uh, speech. And I was like, damn, like, she's right. Definitely, definitely. Because I, I want to say when I was in high school, I toyed around with the idea of being a teacher. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Because my actual, my first love was, is, was acting. Yeah. My entire life, I wanted to be an actress. And I still... I still have a love for the stage. I still like to, you know, I try to audition and whatnot. I did a, actually did a, a commercial a couple of weeks ago. And whatnot. Yeah. So I still enjoy getting out there in front of that camera and acting and whatnot. And that's what I thought I wanted to do. But I also said, well, if I don't make it, then maybe I can, you know, teach acting. And that was the only aspect of teaching that I saw myself going into. Um, so I, I, yeah. And then, but I also went into counseling um, initially because people, I was always coming to me with their problems. Yeah. So I said, well, maybe I'll be a counselor, you know? Um, so I thought I would be good at that. Um, and people still, you know, they feel they can confide in me and whatnot. But mm -hmm. yeah, all that statistics and stuff, I'm like, no, I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> I mean, I can write a paper, you know? I can do some research. But when you give me all those numbers and statistics, I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. So, I was yeah. a psych major too. So I know what you're oh, talking wow. about. See? Yeah. Really, really. I, <laughs> and I think I got that from my dad. My dad had the same mentality because I'm like, why do I need to take like a whole page front and back for one problem? Mm -hmm. And it's more letters than it is numbers. Why? It's like yes. Symbols. Oh my, <laughs> yeah. Right. And oh my goodness. So yeah, I, I can definitely, definitely see that. The acting uh, also kind of lines up with what you do, though, because like you were saying, you would need someone to come to the room and be able to take control of the room. I think you have to do yeah. the same thing as an actor or actress. You so do. that makes You're sense, right. too. You're right. And even on days where I might not feel up to it, it's like, okay, I got to put this face on, you know, and let's get out here and, and do what I got to do. Right. You know? So I, I have been, you know, have been told that I am good at teaching and, you know, I've been told that I need to do some more acting. Um, but I've also been told I'm very creative as well. And that's something else. That, another reason why I like being a teacher. Because yeah. I could create. Um, and so I, I've got a couple of things on the side. Like I told you, I, my plate is full. So even though I do the learning coordinator for, I also am trying to become an entrepreneur with my own DIY gift store and yeah. got podcasts uh, going nice. on as well. So I'm just dabbling in some everything. That's what's up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Shamira, thank you for your time. Whoever is watching this, she told you what you need to do. No more excuses. Hey, get up there, get out there and do it. That's what I, I tell people. I said, if they tell me they don't have time to do something, I'm like, look, I got this and this and this and this and this. And this going on right, now. <laughs> right. Okay. You can't tell me you don't have time. Okay. Right. Let's Make get the time. And do it. Right. Make the time for yourself. Exactly. Well, thank you, Shamira. Thanks for having me. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to the Melanated Scenes podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. In the meantime, hit that subscribe button. And I'll catch you on the next one.